0: We've been spending the last few weeks talking about our plumb lines. You remember the plumb line is just a string with the plumb bob tied at the bottom. That weight makes sure that string stays straight. Once it stops moving, then you know what is, is uh, uh, completely vertical. And so you can, uh, you can build from that straight line, uh, put that at the corner, and you can build a, a, a building that is square and, and, and true. And so what we've done is applied that same principle to some of the, the ministries and events and opportunities in our church so that we have certain plumb lines that would guide us, so that our ministries, events, and opportunities have to measure up to these plumb lines to make sure that they are that they are square with our vision for moving forward. And if there are any events or or ministries that that don't line up with these very important plumb lines, well then we either have to change those ministries and events or we have to set them aside. The plumb lines guide us as we move forward together. And so we've talked about a number of them already. We talked about the fact that God deserves our best. And so everything we do needs to be the best that we can do for Him. We talked about the fact that we do church best in small groups that church seems to work best when it's in circles instead of in rows. We talked about that we are committed to being a a healthy church, understanding that healthy organisms do grow, but our emphasis is not on growth, it needs to be on the health of the church. And then last time we talked about the worship is about what we do for God, not what the church does for us. And that's an important plumb line for us to remember that worship is what we do for God instead of waiting, expecting the church to do something for us. Well, this morning, I want us to finish with our final plumb line. And that is that the church should make a positive impact on our community. The church should make a positive impact on our community. And as we look at who we are and as we look at our ministries and events and programs and and such, as we plan on moving forward, we, we need to be certain that what we're doing, who we are about, is making a positive impact on the community. Matter of fact, this one is so important that after Easter... We're going to do a, another five or six week series just on this one. How we can make an impact on the community within which God has has placed us. This morning I want us to look at this in Matthew chapter 5. If, if you have your copy of scripture with you, invite your attention to the Sermon on the Mount there in Matthew chapter 5. And we're going to begin at verse 13 as we consider what it... Uh, how we can go about being a church that has an impact, a positive impact on our community. Matthew chapter 5 at verse 13. Now Jesus has just concluded the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are often seen as the introduction to the Sermon on the Mount. They are more than just introductory, however. The Beatitudes give us a picture of what life in the kingdom looks like. The Beatitudes help us understand uh, what kind of attitude, what kind of outlook on life He would have us to have as members of the, the kingdom, as believers. With that as the backdrop then, He says in verse 13, You are the salt of the earth. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who's in heaven. This morning, I want us to look at those statements uh, with just two words at a time. I want us to look at two words at a time. The first two words that I want you to notice are the words, you are. He said, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. The reason it's important for us to see those two words is because it reminds us of what he did not say. He did not say, I want you to be, or you should try to be, or you are becoming, He said, You're it. In other words, you are the salt, and without you, there won't be any salt. You are the light, and without you, there won't be any light. You are the way that he intends to use salt and light in the world around us. In Scripture, the church is never described as a group of people who sit comfortably in a beautiful sanctuary. I understand that's, how, that's who we are today. That's how we have, have, have grown and, and that's who we've become. And, 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 and I'm not saying that's bad. Don't take away my beautiful sanctuary. Sure enough, don't take away my air conditioning. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that is not the definition of the church. In scripture, the church is never described as a group of pretty people in a pretty place feeling comfortable. Instead, the church was established to storm the gates of hell. Remember what he said? Jesus was talking to the disciples and he said, who do folks say I am? Some say John the Baptist, some say a prophet, some say this, some say that. Jesus said, cool, well, who do you say I am? And Peter, the one who speaks for the crowd so often, the group, he's the one who speaks for the disciples so often, speaks up and he says, you are the Messiah. He used the word Messiah. It's translated for us in the New Testament as Christ, because Christ is the Greek word, Messiah is the Hebrew word, mean the same thing. Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, you're exactly right, and upon that statement of faith, I will build my church. Jesus did not say upon Peter, I'm going to build my church. He said upon what Peter just said, the statement he just made, that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God, upon that truth, I will build my church. And then what did he say right after that? He said, I'm going to build my church, and the gates Of hell will not prevail against it. When have you seen a gate move forward against an intruder? The gate stands still, right? It's the intruder who's coming. In other words, he establishes his church and he says the gates of hell will not prevail against it, suggesting to us that it is the church who should be moving at the powers of hell knowing that the gate will not hold us back. You see, the church is not just a comfortable place with comfortable people who get together to sing pretty songs. We are a power that is intended to impact the world around us. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. He says that when we look at Scripture, we see that the church was established to storm the gates of hell to be the hands and feet of Jesus to those in need, to boldly proclaim the truth of the gospel to a world who rejects truth, and to glorify the Lord by making more disciples who are willing to take up their crosses and follow Him. That's what the church is about. It's not about getting together. It's about being a a power in the world around us. And so he says, you are, not try to be, you are it. The power of those words is this. If we're the salt and we choose not to be salty, the world has no salt. If we are the light and we choose to hide that light, by staying behind stained glass windows where it's comfortable, then the world has no light. You are it. Then let's look at, the, at two more words that are so important. The words salt and light. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Salt, used to be very scarce. For most of the world's history, by the way, salt has been scarce. And because of that, for most of the world's history, it's been very valuable. That's hard for us to, to, to comprehend because we've all, we've all grown up with, with salt. I mean, you put salt on everything that's not dessert, right? You just, you just put salt on everything. You can go into any restaurant, any diner, anywhere and find find salt on every table. It's accessible everywhere. But that is relatively, in the overall history of the world, that is relatively a new thing. Matter of fact, salt used to be so valuable that it was actually used as part of payment for the Roman soldiers. They would get paid in salt. Have you ever heard the phrase, worth his salt? That phrase comes from the fact that Roman soldiers used to get paid in salt. He was worth his salt. He he did his work, and so he earned his salt. And so, hear what he says and understand the power of it. When he says, if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. When you and I hear that, it doesn't make that big of a deal because we throw salt all the time. We throw salt on the, on the ground outside when it's icy. Uh, oh, what's that... What's that, that, that cook lady that's on TV at 9 o'clock. Um, Rachel Ray. Every time she sprinkled a little salt, she'd do this big old thing, this big, big old dramatic thing throwing salt over her shoulder. She'd throw salt away. Why? Because it's nothing. But when Jesus said these words, the people who heard him, heard him say, there is something of great value, but if it doesn't do its job, it's worthless to me. You are the salt. You're it. And if the salt loses its saltiness, what good is it for the kingdom? We just let Rachel throw it over her shoulder. Jesus says his disciples are valuable to the kingdom. When he calls them salt, he says you're something valuable to the kingdom. And you can accomplish a great deal. You can make a big impact. But if they aren't going to be who they were intended to be, they aren't useful for the kingdom. In a similar way, he said, you are the light of the world. Light reveals the path that we should take. You know, you're wandering in the darkness. You don't know where to go. you, you got to... I was going to say, you got to turn on your flashlight, but you don't even have to do that now just open up your, your iPhone. But, but, but you got, you got to have a source of light. you got to, you got to be able to see where to go. Without the light, you're just wandering in darkness. Not only does the light help us see the right path, but it also shows us where the obstacles are. You ever get up in the middle of the night? have to go to the bathroom or go get a drink or whatever. You don't want to turn the light on because you, you wake somebody else up. So you, you get up real careful. you get out of bed, you start your way, and boom, you bang your toe on that, on that, that bed post or, or that end table. Why? Because you couldn't see it. Without the light, you couldn't see the obstacles. You're the light of the world. You show people the right path, and you show them which obstacles they need to avoid. In like manner, when we're out in nature and you're wandering in darkness, you can't see some of the critters that can see you when it's dark. You know, some of those critters that are kind of scary, they can see in the dark a lot better than we can. But as soon as you turn a light on them, you can see them, and somehow they know you can see them, and they take off. You see, light shows us the path that we need, and it shows us the obstacles to avoid, and it shows us the dangers around us. Jesus says, that's why you're here, disciples. You're here to impact the world, to show them the way to go, to show them the obstacles to avoid, to show them the dangers around them. You are the light. You don't even have a choice about turning off the light, but he says you could hide the light. A city set on a hill can't be hidden. And, and when you light a lamp at home, you don't hide it under a bushel. You let it out there so everybody can see it. And he says, so then let your light so shine before men. You are the light. And he says, if you hide it, what good is it? It's worthless. It's pointless. So are two words, you are next two words, salt and light. The next two words are the earth and world. Now, there is a time for a biblical conversation about preserving the earth, about taking care of creation. This is not that conversation. In this conversation, earth and world mean basically the same thing. They just mean the environment in which you find yourself. And he says you're the salt of the earth. You're supposed to have an impact on your environment, on what's around you. A lot of people like to talk a lot about what he meant by salt. Because salt does so many different things. One author, although I think the author was exaggerating, but one author claims that they've been able to come up with 14,000 different purposes or uses for salt. So because salt has so many uses, people like to play with what he meant when he said, you're the salt of the earth. Some have said that it, it means that we're supposed to enhance life for others. You know, I love me some pot roast. But let's be honest, roast without salt, it's just kind of there. You put a little bit of salt on a pot roast, baby, now we cook it. It enhances it. I can't explain why, but I know it does. And so one of the reasons, one of the purposes of salt is to enhance life. You're the the salt of the earth. Get out there and make this world better. Change it for the better. Did you see in the video when we got started this morning that it was the church who started the first hospital? The church has done more for adoption services and ministries than any other entity in the history of the world. The church has started more universities, more colleges, and has done more to educate people than any other entity in the history of the world. The church is intended to make a difference, to make this world better, to enhance it. be salt on it. Some have said that, that the salt is uh, uh, it, it's there to make one thirsty. You've seen how that works, right? Salt makes you thirsty. Uh, Folks even take salt pills and then they, they drink all this water and it makes you thirsty. And so they've said that being the salt of the earth means that you're supposed to live in such a way that the world around you wants what you have. You build a thirst in the world around you. They see something in you and they want that. They're thirsty for whatever you have found, the living waters. Others have said that it is a a way to preserve. Remember, they didn't have refrigerators in Jesus' time. What they could do is they could take a slab of meat and they could cover it in salt. And then they could start their journey, or they could they could take it on the ship and start their 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 uh, trip. And that meat would would stay longer; it would preserve it. And so we, as the salt of the earth, are here to, as a preservation. We're we're here to hold things together. We're here to keep things keep things healthy. I think instead of settling on one of those to understand Jesus' point, I think they're all good. But I think to really get at the heart of what he was saying, regardless of which one of those other meanings he had in mind, I can tell you this, the salt cannot do its thing if it never touches the meat. That's his main point. You are the salt of the earth. So be in the earth. Be in the environment around you. Get out there and make a difference. Have an impact in your community. The only place light makes a difference is in the dark. You're the the light of the world. The only place light even matters is in the darkness. So you get out in the world and you, you, you shine your light to dispel the darkness. Those in darkness don't know where to go. Those in darkness don't know how to protect themselves. Those in darkness don't know the truth. You are the light of the world. Get out there and make that difference. It's important to understand our role in the community. We're to make a positive impact. Understand that it's not the world's job to understand us. Stop expecting them to. It's not the world's job to understand us, to help us, to defend us, or provide for us in any way. Our nation, our state, our community, our city owe us nothing. We're not here to receive from them, but to give to them. We cannot expect the community to support the church. Instead, we are here to invest in the community. We're here to make a positive impact on the community around us. And so Jesus says to us, therefore, go. Now, the main verb in this sentence, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. The main verb in that sentence is not go. The main verb is to make disciples. The word go is actually adverbial. It's, it, 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 it modifies it. When you look at it in the, the, the Greek context, it, it really is more like saying, therefore, while you're going, make disciples. While you're living your everyday life. While you're at the middle school basketball game. While you're at the baseball game, the Little League baseball game. While you're at work, while you're at the bakery, while you're hanging out around town, while you're visiting with your neighbor, your everyday life, you are the salt and the light. In your everyday life, as you're going, be making disciples, make an impact. You see, we are here for them. We cannot be the church and send out a call for the world to come. We must fully accept our responsibility to to go and make disciples. Two other words I want you to see before we're done. Two other words, they're found in verse 16. Where he says, therefore let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who's in heaven. It doesn't do any good for you to be the light if you don't let that light shine. If you don't do the things that have an impact, that make a difference. But remember, when you let your light shine, it's not so people can applaud you and say what a great guy you are. When you let your light so shine, when you do the good things that make a difference in the world around you, why do you do that? In order that they may see your good works and glorify your Father. As soon as you do it for yourself, you're back to being unsalty salt. As soon as you do it for yourself, it's wasted. But when we do those things that have an impact in the community that make a difference in the world around us so that people will see it and notice it and glorify our Father, bingo! We are living out what Jesus called us to be as salt and light. Salt of the earth, light of the world. For 160 years, this church family has been a light on this hill, and our light has shone brightly. We were the first church to be established in this area. Decade after decade, we continued to let our light shine throughout northern McLennan and southern Hill counties. When our community went through the darkest days of its history, it was First Baptist Church that hosted volunteers, became the hub of activity for recovery efforts. We ministered to, shared with, and cared for our neighbors in a way that let our light shine brightly for all the world to see. If the Lord lingers another 160 years, we will honor our heritage and continue to sacrificially serve this community with all available resources so that people can see who we are and what we do and they can glorify our Father in heaven. The church should have a positive impact on our community. And folks, when it's time for us to talk budget, we need to use every available resource to make sure that we're being a positive impact on our community. When it's time to talk about plans and strategies, when it's time to talk about the future, time to talk about vision, we need to make sure that we are being a positive impact on our community. That's how we live together as salt and light. Father, thank you for allowing us that opportunity and that privilege. Thank you for letting us be the hands and feet of Jesus in the world around us. Thank you for letting us be salt and light. They are change agents. They make a difference. They make things better. Continue to use First Baptist in that way. And Father, we pray that you'd use each of us individually in that way for your glory. We ask you during these next few moments, Lord, that you'd help us make sure that our light is shining and that our salt is salty. Help us make sure that we're right with you And that we're making a difference in the world around us. We ask your Holy Spirit to speak to us now. To move us. Help us to be obedient. We pray in Jesus name. We're going to sing together living for Jesus. And as we sing living for Jesus. He may speak to you. And say now's the time for you to give your life to him. To really trust him. To become a believer. A child of God to become salt and light. Maybe He calls you into His kingdom. Would you come and let us pray with you?